Thank you for engaging today's message with Wind River Community Church. Our prayer for you is that you will encounter Christ and grow in your relationship with Him. May this encourage you in connecting with other people who follow Jesus as well as knowing you are not alone. If you would like prayer, please text us at 307-240-8742 or if you would like more information about this program or past messages, visit our website at windriverchurch.com. I look forward to hearing what God is doing in your life. And now, here is today's message. My kids are getting to the point where I need to start to ask them permission for me to use them in sermon illustrations. And so I'm not to the point, so don't, like, don't tell them beforehand, but I have had a friend who every time they use a kid in an illustration, they get a dollar. I'm not there yet. They're not old enough. <laughs> but this week I had a conversation with my kids of like, hey, can I, can I talk to you or can I talk about you during the service? And like instantly, like, yeah, let's, yeah, you can do it. I'm like, hold on. You have no clue what I'm going to say. And you're just... They trust their dad, apparently. Uh, but th- this week especially, thinking through, there are times in parenting where I tell my kids to do something. Whether or not they're, they're playing, I'm thinking, I'm thinking of this one situation where three of them are, are in one room playing with some toys, and I walk in, I'm like, okay, mom's gone. This is the time to make the house really pretty, nice, clean. Like, let's get things going so when she comes back home, she loves me. So, I don't know where she's at. Uh, so I'm like, okay, let's do this. And they look at me, yes, Dad, and then immediately go right back and to do wh- what they were doing. Like, am I here? Yes, I got acknowledged, but I'm not there. Like, I know you heard me because you said something to me, but I expect the response to what I am saying. And they are just playing as if they never saw me at all. We live in a society where we are bombarded with messages over and over again. And we have, I think subconsciously, easy uh, to tune things out. It's become easier to tune things out. Before being married and having kids, I heard everything. Everything bothered me. Squeaky wheels, brakes, trains, lights. Like, it, it drove me crazy. Then you have kids, and if you have kids, you know what this is. Selective hearing. It's, a, it's like a gift from God. Like, I just turn it off, and I'm in my own little world, and everything is dandy. I think we do that, though. We have messages on the TV, social media. We are bombarded with messages all the time that we hear things, but we don't necessarily listen or respond to them. And so this morning, we're going to look at Samuel as we go through our series of, like, key people throughout the summer. And so we're going to look at Samuel and how God speaks to Samuel and how Samuel responds. So if you have scripture with you, if you have your Bible with you, with you please turn to 1 Samuel 3. It'll be also be up on the, the screen as well. 1 Samuel 3. Now the boy Samuel was ministering to the Lord in the presence of Eli. And the word of the Lord was rare in those days, and there was no frequent vision. At that time, Eli whose eyesight had begun to grow dim, meaning he was going blind, so that he could not see. He was lying down in his own place. The lamp of God had not yet gone out, and Samuel was laying down in the temple of the Lord where the ark of God was. Then the Lord called to Samuel, and he said, Here I am, and and ran to Eli and said, Here I am, for you called to me? 
And Eli said, I did not call you. Lie down again. So Samuel went and lied, laid back down. The Lord called again Samuel. And Samuel rose and went to Eli and said, Here I am, for you, call, you called me. And he said, I did not call you, my son. Lie down again. Now Samuel did not yet know the Lord. And the word of the Lord had not yet been revealed to him. And the Lord called Samuel again the third time. And Samuel rose and went to Eli and said, Here I am, for you called me. And Eli perceived that the Lord was calling this boy. So Eli said to Samuel, Go and lie down again. And if someone calls again, say, Speak, Lord. Your servant is listening. So Samuel went back to bed. The Lord came and called as before, Samuel, Samuel. And Samuel replied, Speak, your servant is listening. See, God spoke to Samuel in a time, right in, in verse 1, says that the word of the Lord was scarce and visions were not frequent. This is a time where God's people have been uh, moment after moment, event after event, like marker after marker of seeing God's faithfulness, but yet they're now at a place where they don't see God's word uh, being spoke. They have forgotten who God is. They no longer know who he is. They no longer remember everything that God has done to them or for them in the past, calling them out of Egypt, providing them through the wilderness, establishing them into the promised land, getting rid of all of their enemies. He continued to provide. But they, Samuel lives in a day where they not only have forgotten God, they no longer remember what he has done. They are no longer holding on to the calling that he has placed on his people. Hey, I want you to be set apart. I want you to be holy. I want you to be righteous. I want you to love like no one else. And now, because they no longer know, no longer remember, no longer hold on, they begin to do what they think is right. Now, when we think about the day and age that Samuel lives in, there's not that much difference between the day that we live in. Looking up Barna Research Group, who does a lot of statistics and uh, surveys within the church, says one in four Americans are practicing Christians, meaning engaged in Bible reading, engaged in prayer, engaged in meeting with one another. One out of four Americans are practicing Christian are, are practicing Christians. That has dropped in half just twenty years ago. Just two decades ago. And in fact they went on to say that non practicing Christians have replaced the majority of the practicing Christians. So the practicing Christians are those who engaged with uh, other believers, engaged in living out their faith, uh, with Bible intake uh, and prayer, the study has shown that over the past decades that that has become a minority and those who are Christians but non-practicing have become the minority. Maybe those are some of your, your friends. Maybe those are some of your family members. 
of like, yeah, I'm a Christian, but I'm, I'm not going to church. I've been burnt way too many times. They're a bunch of hypocrites. I don't want anything to do with them. But I, I know that there's a God. I, I, I know that He loves me, but there's no Bible reading. There's no prayer. There's no spending time with other people. The Barna Research Group also found out that there's a steady decline in prayer. Over the past 10 years, prayer has been declining overall. A positive note, those who are classified as practicing Christians, their Bible intake remains the same, which is great. So if you are a practicing Christian, a practicing person who is following Jesus, Bible intake remains the same, holding you fast to to the word of the Lord. But when you think of our society, we live in a society that has forgotten about God. It's no longer proclaimed, it's no longer spoke, it's actually condemned. You can think whatever you want to think, how crazy it is, but as soon as you attach Jesus to it, or God, then everyone gets all bent out of shape. We have forgotten about our past. This weekend, we celebrate the freedom uh, in this country. Independence. But how many of us remember what took place leading up to here? I think every generation just comes one step further away from remembering what has taken place. Our country was established for freedom. Hey, go to America. You can practice and worship the God that you serve. We have forgotten what God has done. We no longer remember what God has done. And do I dare say that we've no longer held on to the calling that God has placed on his children? And we've begun to live in such a way like, well, I think this is right, so I'm going to do this. There's not a lot of difference from the time that Samuel lived and the time that we live. We no longer consult God's word or men of God, but we consult our friends, right? We consult blogs or posts or feeds or social media groups or popular people or influential people or the growing trends. It doesn't matter. Where are we searching for the Lord? And as Samuel said, as Eli taught Samuel to say, we have forgotten to say, speak, Lord, because your servant is listening. Speak, Lord, your servant is listening. And it's in that time, that dark time, where the word of the Lord is very sparse, not spoken, no visions, no miracles of the Lord, that's in that dark time where God says, Samuel, Samuel. He calls Samuel. And Samuel Samuel responds. Now it is interesting that Samuel recognizes the voice. Like he doesn't know it's God's voice, but yet his voice is so like real that it must be Eli's. Like logically it must be Eli's because I'm hearing this voice. And so he gets up and goes over and says, you know, here I am. What do you want? Three times this happens. And every time Samuel gets up, hey, I hear a voice. Okay, I need to do something. Okay, Eli, what do you want me to do? It's not Eli. Okay, I'll go back down. You know, like, 
what medicine am I on? Did I drink too much? Like, what's going on? Samuel hears a voice, but he doesn't know necessarily how to respond. See, the word of the Lord had not yet come to him. And maybe you are in a place where you are hearing a voice, but you don't know where it's coming from. And it's, I think of Eli right now. Eli is not Samuel's dad. Some people say that Eli is his stepdad. Eli is old in age. His eyesight is going out. But, and, and before the but, and he has a past. His past is not pretty. He has messed up children. He did not do things, you know, godly. But God has given them the wisdom to say, hey, after the third time, says Samuel, when this happens again, reply saying, speak, Lord, for your servant is listening. It does not matter your history, your background, the handicap that you have, the label that has been stuck on your back or your forehead. It doesn't matter. But God has put you in relationships to speak God's word, to speak his truth, because you, because of the Lord's like leading, he has placed you in relationships where people will be coming to you, not formally, it would most likely be informal, just talking, and you have the opportunity to speak God's truth into their life because they don't know it yet. When circumstances hits them blindsided and it, their world is turned upside down and they cannot make sense of anything, you're able to speak God's truth lovingly into their life. When uh, a blessing of, of financial gift or a house or whatever just is laid into their lap, you're able to articulate, wow, God is good. It's his blessing that he's poured on you. He's given this to you so that you can bless others. We become the voice of God in people's lives. Because there is a world out there that God is engaged, and we know as a church that God is active, that God is alive, that God is doing, uh, doing things to draw people back to himself. We know that as a church. But where are we seeing it? If we say that that is true, and people are saying things to you, we have the opportunity and privilege to speak his truth into those situations. Samuel heard the word of the Lord, word, heard God's calling on his life, but could not make sense of it. It was Eli who said, ah, this is how you should reply. Don't give up. does not matter your circumstance, your situation. Don't let that hinder you from speaking God's voice. You are able to respond to the Lord wherever you are. The grass may look greener on the other side, but really it's because there's a septic tank underneath. Water the grass where you're at. It does not matter the location that you're, you're at. Doesn't matter the age that you are. Doesn't matter the season of life that you are in or the circumstances that surround you. You are able to respond to God's word wherever you are. God says that he is near to the brokenhearted. You don't have to have everything in place uh, before you can respond to the Lord. 
His word in Psalm 102 says, he, dis- he never despises your prayer. In fact, he knows your voice. We can be in a huge crowd and a bunch of kids, but when my kid says, Daddy, I know that's my kid. He knows our voice. Psalm 119, it doesn't matter where you go. You can be in the desert. You can be in the inner city. Uh, you can be anywhere. The Lord is there. You cannot run away from the Lord. Any situation that you are in, you are able to respond to the Lord. You can say, speak, Lord, for your servant is listening. I have a family member. uh, Sorry. I had a family member that once told me, Matthew, I wish God would just give me a sign. Like, I just, I, I need him to be clear. I just don't know what to do with, with decisions on life and the school to go to or the, the town I need to move to. I, I, I just need God to be clear so that I won't mess up. If you know me, I'm not quick-witted at all. And usually I come up with a smart remark like five minutes later, and I wish I had their email so I can email it to them, but the, I've missed the moment. But at that time... I looked at her and I said, you know, I believe that even if God placed you in front of a billboard saying, Chris, or saying their name, (laughs) I I love you, do this, you would still not do it. And she looked at me and said, yeah, you're probably right. And off we went. I believe God is very clear on what he's doing. If God is the God, the author and creator of everything that we know and exist, and he is active in our lives, he's doing something. The problem is not him, it's us. Whether it's our glasses or a heart or our ears, something. But it's us. But it does, don't let the circumstance, don't let the situation harden your heart, harden your eyes from seeing what the Lord says. Because wherever you are, even today, you can say, speak, Lord. Your servant is listening. We can respond to God. The good thing is, when we respond to God, He reveals Himself. When we respond to God, He reveals Himself. Hebrews 2 says, For this good news, that God has prepared this rest, has been announced to us just as it was to them. But it did them no good because they did not share the faith of those who listened to God. So you can pass every test thrown to you. You can, you can have a degree in theology. You can go and get the best education. You can parse every verb in the original Greek to English. You can know all of those facts. But it means nothing. Hebrews, the author of Hebrews, talks about the good news, the rest, the eternal rest that comes from Jesus and Jesus alone. And he says this, This was announced to them as it as well as announced to us. The only difference is one is listened in faith and the other one just, yeah, those are good facts. It's not faith unless you act on it. If those promises of God are true and you say and declare and pass the test and say that they are true, 
It takes faith to begin to live it out. It is not faith unless you act on it. See, God is not going to do anything in your life unless you let him. He's not going to force your hand. I think of Gideon, big, big war in front of him, like a big army in front of him, and God's like, you know, Gideon, you know, you got a lot of people to take on this, this army, but you have too many people. You know, send some home. So he sends home. God comes back to Gideon and says, you know, you still have too many people. You know, like, give them the option. Hey, if you want to go home, you don't want to fight this, just go home. No harm, no foul, just go home. Or think of Joshua. Hey, whatever God that you want to serve, serve him with all of your heart. If the Lord God is God Almighty, then serve him. And then Joshua went so far and said, because me and my household, we will serve the Lord. It's your decision. The Lord is not going to pressure you into it. He's not going to force your hand to do it. He's not going to manipulate you. He's not going to hold something over your head. He's, he is not a God of that. But our God is a God of love and of, a God of kindness. And he shows himself to you. He reveals what he has for you. And he says, I'm here. If you're heavy hearted and burdened, I'm here. Come to me. My burden is light. He is not going to force your hand. But God is not going to do anything in your life unless you let him. So are you going to say, speak, Lord? Your servant is listening. When you look at Jesus, Jesus responded with truth when he was tempted with lies. See, Jesus responded with love when hatred surrounded him. See, Jesus responded with faith when the weight of reality was crushing him, making him sweat blood. Jesus responded with life as death was after him. Jesus responded with freedom when only condemnation was, was being proclaimed. Jesus responded with faithfulness when everyone else abandoned and, and left you. See, when we respond to Jesus, we don't respond to Jesus out of our strength, out of our ability, but we respond because of Jesus' ability. It's because Jesus went to the cross, died for my sins, removed that veil, pulled me out of the filth, established me on truth, solid ground, and has given me the freedom to live how God has designed me to live. Jesus made all of that possible, not me. Ephesians 3, 17 and 19 says this, Then Christ will make his home in our hearts, as you trust in him, your roots will go, grow down into God's love and keep you strong. And may you have the power to understand, as all God's people should, how wide, how deep, how high, how long his love is. May you experience the love of Christ, though it is not too great to understand fully, then you will be made complete with all the fullness of life and power that comes from God. We respond to God. Is your life stagnant right now? Is there something that you're just you're longing for and you you can't put your finger on it? Like I know I'm missing something, and you've been talking to people, you've been doing a little bit of research on your 
Okay, scrolling on Facebook is not research, just FYI. <laughs> There's got to be more than what I have. Paul and Ephesians say, when you trust Him, when you respond to Him, when you take those facts that you know about God and begin to live them out, what does he say? Your roots grow down deep. You will know God's love. You will know His strength. You will know His power. How wide, how long, how high, how deep His love is. You will experience the love of Christ. Your life will be full. Your life will be meaningful and powerful. God's not going to force your hand to do what He wants. But He reminds us if you just let him do, let him be God, surrender your life, saying, okay, Lord, I am your servant. I will listen to you. Speak, Lord, for your servant is listening. You give him the reins. To quote Carrie Underwood, you give him the wheel. And then he will drive. He's a better driver than you. Sorry, men. He is. Don't miss out on what God has for you by not responding to him. He's calling your name. He's saying truth to you. And our response is, speak, Lord, your servant is listening. That is our choice. 1 Samuel 3.19, towards the end of this chapter, we see Samuel starting out being called by God. And now he's in a whole new phase of life, if you would. It says, And Samuel grew, and the Lord was with him, and let none of his words fall on the ground. And all of Israel from Dan to Bathsheba knew that Samuel was established as the, as the prophet of the Lord. And the Lord appeared again at Shiloh, for the Lord revealed himself to Samuel as, as Shiloh by the word of the Lord. You see, Samuel lived in a dark age where the word of the Lord was very scarce, very uh, not present, not spoken. By the end of the chapter, all of Israel knows of God's word. All of Israel knows that Samuel has been placed in a position by God, uh, has the Lord's favor upon him. And his word is now being proclaimed. His word is no longer scarce, no longer hidden, but now it is open for all to know. And that is us today. First, or John 1, the word became flesh and dwelt among us. And we have seen his glory, glory as the only son from the, from the father, full of grace and truth. See, the word of God was not in the, wasn't limited in the past, wasn't limited to a certain group, but no, the word of God became flesh. He put on skin like you and me, blood pumping through our, our veins. He walked with us. His name is Jesus. The word of, li- word of the Lord, word of God, came to life, walked on earth, lived a perfect life, proclaiming His truth, saying there's no other way to heaven, 
No other way to have freedom. No other way to move beyond being stuck in the circumstances, being stuck in the mud, and to have the freedom. Jesus is the one who lived the perfect life. And then his word in flesh was nailed to a cross. To bear my sins, to bear my guilt, to bear the things that, that only want to destroy me. He, the word of the Lord, took what I deserve. And even when death tried to destroy God's word in flesh, Jesus, three days later he rose saying, hey, I am the truth. It does not matter how much perfume you put on a pig. The pig is still a swine. Right? It doesn't matter how much you try to cover a lie. One day rain will come, the filth will wash away, the, the lie will be or sorry, I said that backwards. doesn't matter how much you try to cover up the truth. You can cover it up with busyness, with popularity, with finances, whatever you want to cover it up with. But there will be a time, because of the Lord's grace, rain will come, wash all of that away, the truth will still be the truth. The word of the Lord will always be the word of the Lord. And it's our opportunity, our privilege, to come before Him and say, Speak, Lord, your servant is listening. I'm not just hearing. I'm not just being like a kid who says, yes, Dad, and go on and doing what I want. No. We can respond to him. So when he speaks, oh, okay, I don't know all the steps. It scares me, frankly, at times. But he's a good God. He only has good for us. We can trust him. His, his track record is pretty good. He's the same God in the past as, as he is today, as he will be. But his word became flesh. Let's respond to him. Where is he leading? And we will follow. Ephesians 1. I want to end with this. It says, For in him, in Christ, you also, when you heard the word of truth, the gospel of your salvation, and believed in him, you were sealed with the promise of the Holy Spirit, who is the, who is the guaranteed of the inheritance until we acquire uh, possession of it, to the praise of his glory. That goes back to the prayer that we've prayed at the beginning. We can't do this by ourselves. We don't do this on our own ability. Right? We, we strive with the strength that he gives us. And he's given us his spirit to do that. So, and I know I've said this before, but even if you don't think you can respond to the Lord, his grace even goes far as, do you want to respond to him? If there's just a, a, a slight desire, he does it. Where are you at? Where do you need to respond to the Lord? Let him grow you. Let him lead you. Let's respond to him. Let's not just give him lip service. Let this weekend not only be one of fireworks and of celebrating freedom as, as a country, but let this weekend be a mark of the freedom that he has given to you that you can respond and to walk in that freedom. Let's pray. Father, you are a God who nothing holds you back. You are a God who is real. 
a God who is active, a God who is engaged. And Father, when all of life is dark and chaotic and confused and upside down, Father, you've put an Eli in our life to remind us that it's your truth that we're longing for. Father, we confess too many times we look at our garage or our our wallets or our bank accounts or something else besides you to think we are doing the right thing. So, Father, we turn away from that. We, We now praise you for those blessings, but they are not our God. Father, you are our God. And Father, Wind River Community Church here in Lander, we want to be known of people who simply say what Samuel says. Speak, Lord, for we are listening. You speak, we will respond. In Jesus' name, amen.